Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language, and we're here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Welcome everybody to a post-holiday malaise Church of Roy podcast. The snow is on the ground. We're all fat, plump, and full of Christmas cookies and a little too much booze and a little too much time with our in-laws and family and, you know... We're in that great period where time is meaningless. Nothing is nothing is real. You know, we're basically Matthew McConaughey's meme from the first season of True Detective, where time is a flat circle. So with that, I want to introduce back to the show this week, my co-host, Brian Wilcox. Brian, how are you doing? How was your holiday? Man, I can't beat that intro. Um, I'm doing really well. I apologize for having to bail on you last week, Steve. We had a storm rolling in and had to get the hell out of town so you held down the pod extremely admirably you know if if Russillo's solo gig ever you know goes awry maybe you can just step right in and, and talk for two hours a day like like he can you seem to come to you pretty naturally I you know my hat is off to you know the Ryan Russillo's of the world but also locally here Mike Richmond who does a solo podcast um he does it is yep. incredibly m- much more difficult than I thought it was going to be. So anybody who really kind of suffered through last week's episode, I really appreciate you coming back. It was definitely a learning experience for me. We definitely like having a a two person show and we will try to continue doing that going forward. Um, That said, I don't know. I I don't want to take the blame for it, but I did tout that the Blazers had avoided um, running into the COVID issues. Uh, since then, that has drastically changed. So as we're going to record, there are seven Blazers currently in uh, the COVID protocols. Uh, that does not include Coach Chauncey Billups. Um, so eight, if you want to count it that way. They have made some signings. They have, since the last time we talked, I believe the Brook- the Brooklyn game was postponed. Uh, we recorded for the new- before the New Orleans game, which they ended up losing. 
And then they lost to Dallas last night as we're recording this. So this is recording on Tuesday. So still pretty, pretty ugly around Portland, which we're going to get to later in the show. But Brian, what, what do you make of, I, I kind of want to get your take on, on kind of what's going on with the league and, and what's your viewpoint on, on kind of what's happening and, what, and how the Blazers are trying to navigate, how any NBA team is trying to navigate this right now times i'm a little surprised that adam silver hasn't hit the hit the pause button on the season you see it with the nhl um you know my local colorado avalanche have not played for what feels like weeks you know just see they're they're they continue to kind of push things off to try to get through this in a short amount of time and, and here you have the nba just plowing forward it's kind of been interesting mm-hmm. you see, there's been some names out there where you're just like what the hell uh-huh. which i think we're gonna get we're into gonna, shortly. I, have a, I have a fun game for everybody who's listening yes but yes. um so you know in full disclosure uh being up in the mountains i i didn't have my uh fire stick or ability to watch my trailblazers so you know i'm a little out of the loop since you put the jinx on them uh from the holidays <laughs> and uh yeah man it's weird times in the league and uh see how it goes yeah i uh I saw a tweet today that really kind of just caught me off guard with how it made me feel. And it was from the G league and they were like touting like most ever call-ups in a single season. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, everyone asked if they can and no one really, I think asked if we should. And, and like, that's kind of my thing with the G league is right now. I was like, yeah, it's cool to see some of these guys get a shot. Um, But at the same time, like, I it's just not good it's it, it's just not what fans are paying money to go see should fans even be in stadiums right now trying to go watch these teams um there's a lot of stuff here where really you're you're asking yourself should this be like the NHL and again I, the point I want to make about the NHL is the NHL was kind of given a gift with the Olympics going on this year where they had a built-in buffer but I really hope it is something that the NBA considers going forward until we get to a point where we really feel like it isn't something that's going to shut down the league when everybody kind of goes indoors for the holiday. Um, it's truly a dumpster fire. And you just kind of wonder, you know, it, cause you're right. The fans aren't paying to see mm-hmm. some of these cats out there running around mm-hmm. playing basketball and, and to put themselves in potentially harm's way. You could argue, you know, semantics yeah. of that all you want, but at the end of the day, there are guys sitting out and there are fans still in the seats. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a strange, Oh yeah. Strange uh, dichotomy there. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah. And, and really, I mean, I, you know, I shouldn't really be uh, touting like showing up to watch some people you don't really know play football or basketball because I did suffer through, through the cold weather this last weekend and went and watched the Seahawks uh, play the, cool. the Nick Foles led Chicago bears. Um, was a very interesting experience. One of the longest days of my life, as far as driving up there and driving back in, in very terrible conditions, but uh, certainly experience I'll never forget, but it is one. Yeah, me neither. Cause they, they blew my 16 T's. <laughs> <laughs> so there was, that's what I get for betting. That's what I get for roll with Seattle. There was a moment in that game where I realized, you know, Oh my, Oh, they're going to lose this game. And then the fans kind of realized it. And then there was some really poor fan behavior as far as, there, there was a there lot, was a lot of snowballs that were directed directly at the Bears bench right after things kind of went down. So it was a, 
it was an interesting day to say the least. I did um, crash my car on the way there. So that was fun. Um, did not know yep. that. So shout out Puyallup Subaru dealership made everything very painless. Um, I, they got me set up with a new car um, until mine gets fixed. So yeah, it was a very interesting, like Oof. I said, very interesting experience. Um, very icy road. So everybody be very careful out there, especially as we're heading into what looks like a, a few more inches of snow tonight. Yeah. Okay. Back to basketball. So yeah, we mentioned you've been in the mountains. You haven't mm-hmm. really been following along closely. I don't blame you. Um, so I want to play a little game where I'm going to give you pods of names. And there's four real Blazers players in this group of, of names And in each pod, I want you to guess which one is a real player and which one is not. So we'll, we'll start out easy here. So we'll go, we'll go Oliver Cintron, Jaron Cumberland, Lamar Downs, or Michael Morse. Cumberland. Ooh, one for one. Nicely done. Thank you. All right. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. This one's this one's going to be the hard one. We got Weldon Anthony, Adam Dorsey, and Cameron McGriff. Dorsey? Ooh, no, sir. <laughs> I mean, come on. Cameron McGriff, the crime dog, <laughs> is the real Blazers player. <laughs> So, it's like, are, are these the uh, are these the Dallas Watonka, <laughs> you like JV that's, basketball that's squad? A, that's a deep on? IMC conference throwback right there. It's uh, a couple of Hermes anymore. Mm. So, all right, okay, one for two is better than I thought. Okay, be at this point, okay, so keep them coming. So, here is your next set Hingle McCringleberry, Brandon Williams, or Dustin Scarlett. I'm going to go with the most generic here, and that's McCring- I'm, I'm Brandon Williams. <laughs> good, good job. Shout out Key and Peel. Hingle McCringleberry <laughs> is one of my favorite names in that segment. I just had to throw it in. All right. Last up, David Rowley, Reggie Perry, or Donald Wood? Donald Wood. <sighs> no, sir. Reggie Perry <laughs> is the real Blazers player. So that that those Ooh. are the four. So uh, I mean, two two or four fifty percent. That's not terrible. Still an F, but you know, I don't know if I would have you know, done that well. Two two for four is great in a baseball game. And yep. 
I had about as good a chance as guessing those names as I would in the baseball game. I mean, being a ball, two so. for four from three-point shooting. Great, great night, you know? Exactly. Solid night. Exactly. I'll take it. But I think what you're getting at is things are bleak in the NBA if these guys are. Oh, yeah. Again, it's one of those things where you see that tweet and it's, you know, yes, the NBA can call upon all these G League guys, but should they? Is this the the real way to do this? Uh, I also don't know if that's true. Um, while we're talking about the G League, real briefly, um, Sean Hyken of Bleacher Report, excellent reporter here locally, another person we're very lucky to have in our own market, um, tweeted out that, you know, once Neil O'Shea was jettisoned from the Blazers, there was some talk at the G League showcase that maybe the Blazers are finally going to get a G League team. And I wonder, would it put the Blazers in a better position if they had a G League team right now, or or is this just I, I or is this how a G League team should be used? And, and I'm really kind of on the fence here as far as, yeah, it might be nice to have a G League team right now and, and have your own coaches there and, and you're running some of similar sets, but like, also this is just so hectic that I think you're seeing the entire league scramble here. And I, I don't know if this is necessarily the, the best argument to make of why the Blazers need a G League team. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, for me, that's kind of a two-parter because I always assumed that Portland didn't have a G League team due to decisions made on the business side and not the basketball side. Yeah. Um, I know that Neil always tried to spin it that they liked having their own guys in the house and all that, but you're really not sending your prize rookies for heavy G league minutes, right? Mm -hmm. That's your diamond in the rough, but it is an expense. So I thought it was more of a business decision. So that's kind of interesting in itself. On the second hand, I don't think you keep a G team around <laughs> for a generational pandemic. <laughs> yep. when you're pulling, pulling up guys to play NBA minutes. Yep. Uh, that doesn't, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I, I still think that, this probably shouldn't be the catalyst for a G league team. Do I think the, that Portland should have one? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Should they have one for more bodies during COVID? No, Yeah. or not, you know, not, that shouldn't be the reason. Yeah. I, I think, you know, f I'm happy you mentioned that like the reason the Blazers don't have a G league team is the business side of things. And I think really when you're looking at Neil, one of the early battles he kind of lost in his tenure was the situation with the Idaho stampede as far as how that just, I mean, I wouldn't say he was a loser. I mean, he, I mean, he basically said, this is how we're going to do it. Um, and, and they didn't play ball and that agreement ended from what I understand, from what I remember reading about it. And then they eventually become the Salt Lake city or, or the jazz uh, affiliate. Um, I wonder if that bad taste and his unwillingness to go back into those waters really led more down the road of why the Blazers don't have a G league team certainly seems that way. Um, now that now that we have yeah. Cronin, who who seems like a little bit more of a grinder, uh, a guy behind the <laughs> scenes, I definitely think it's on the horizon. Um, also, I just don't know in this landscape if we can expect it in the next year or two. I mean, that's a pretty significant investment in a league that is still recovering cash wise uh, from, like you said, a, a once in a generation pandemic event that that really kind of put this league off kilter. I mean, granted, we're talking about billionaires, but you know, they just don't like to throw money into a pit and light it on fire unless it's the summer of 2016. So, um, but to me, I, I, it is still bizarre. They don't have one, right? Because even 
you know, the Thunder getting Lou Dort. That's a guy that's an asset and a good player and can help you win. And so you would think that if you're truly serious about winning, any slight edge that you could possibly put yourself in, ownership owes the fans that. And so I mean, just how I feel just organizationally too. Like I I think I've talked a lot about the players and the benefits of developing those players in-house compared to, you know, down the road, trading two first round picks for a guy like Robert Covington, who really cut his teeth in the G league. And that's how he earned his spot in this league. But really, if you look at the organization, you're talking about a feeder system where you're putting executives in positions where they're making real day-to-day basketball decisions at a higher capacity. I mean, lower stakes, but they're in the chair. They're making the calls. You're talking about coaches from your assistants, your trainers, everybody. You're getting them all those reps to where you can promote within and you create this like really nice pipeline. And you, really that just screams so much of what Portland tried to at least sell us that that was the, the culture they valued. Um, and, and it just seems like a slam dunk for for the market. And, and the, the Northwest has an appetite for basketball. And like, you can think of so many places it just in the Portland Metro area where you could probably put a team mm-hmm. and it would do very well. And it, I mean, especially the I five corridor too. So that's an excellent thought. I, I hadn't really considered the fact that you can't almost treat that as a feeder system for, for the front office and the coaching staff. I can think of uh, uh, some coaches that probably could have used some G League time, <laughs> yeah, Steve. Yeah, so. maybe, maybe some time, maybe some time standing at the end of the bench, yeah. making some calls on on kind of a developmental level. But so that might be a conversation for another day, my friend. Well, I don't know. I think we should maybe touch on it at least a little bit since we are going to be turning the calendar um, on a new year mm-hmm. before we uh, before you hear from us again. Um, sure. We are, you know, a. 20, 33 games into Chauncey Billups' tenure, and I don't really want to kick someone while they're down with COVID too bad, but the defense isn't much better. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not any better. Um, any better. And it's worse for different reasons, something that we've talked about a little bit more um, previously as far as, like, they're just really kind of – they're going to switch on these screens even though it's a, been a disaster. Um 33 games in, we're turning the calendar on the year. What If you were going to give a grade for Billups in his first run with the Blazers, what what would you give him? I'd say it's a little bit on a curve because the guy is a first-time head coach thrown into a job with extremely high expectations. I'm probably still giving him like a C-. minus. Mm-hmm. I mean, there hasn't been a complete mutiny yet, which is good, but some of the press conference stuff with him calling out players has been kind of odd. Um, we've, t- we've discussed it a little bit, but typically that's something reserved for longtime coaches like your Popoviches or something mm-hmm. that have a little more cachet and be able to say that stuff. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's almost a D just because of some of the energy on some nights. I think that some of that's on the players, but some of that's also on the coaching staff. Um, that's been, to me, maybe the most disappointing look of the entire year has been kind of lack of energy and, and seemingly enthusiasm to get out and win mm-hmm. every night. But, um, you know, but again, I, it's hard to expect him to come out and be, you know, a, a Nick Nurse or mm-hmm. Steve Kerr and just kick ass right off the bat. He might be more of a Brian Shaw, mm-hmm. uh, an ex-assistant that, <laughs> you know, kind of comes into a, a highly talented ex-assistant who just maybe he's not that guy, pal, yep. on, at the end of the bench. So, 
I don't know. I, I'd put him C minus D plus. What do you got? Um, if I'm his academic advisor and this whole season is one term, um, I'm pretty sure he can get in be- for the deadline to drop this class and at least get some of his money back. <laughs> so, um, no, I, in all seriousness, I, I'm probably about the same. I'm about a, a, a CD. Um, it, it depends on, you know, navigating a situation where the front office is there's some turnover there and, and plenty of noise around your star player and then also you you know this last week or so you're hitting uh, you know this covid thing pretty hard and and for me it's when you talk i'm happy you talked about energy because for me energy and accountability are two very similar things and i think i mean the the line between those two are pretty close um if players aren't coming out with energy that means they're not closing out they're not doing the little things. They're they're not doing what we expect players to do. Uh, every play stuff that players should every player across the board across the spectrum, no matter where you're on the roster, they should be able to do. That's energy. Those are energy plays. That also plays into accountability because accountability is doing you know closing out, rebounding, you know not uh, committing turnovers. Like those are those are energy. Those are accountability. And that's what we were really sold on why Chauncey Billups was hired for this job. I mean, obviously we all know that he was Neil Shea's favorite, but it was sold the most optimistic of us so that, you know, he was going to be able to connect these players. There was going to be a level of accountability and that's why he was given the job over, you know, longtime assistants like Becky Hammond, uh, a very established coach like Mike D'Antoni. Um, yep. It just hasn't been there. And sometimes, and it's something you touched on too, or at least we're adjacent to, but some of the stuff he does is just like, it just appears tone deaf as a first year coach to be saying some of the stuff to a very established roster, as far as, you know, years of service and, and the guys who are really carrying the load for this team, you know, they've been around for a while. They've been in NBA locker rooms. They've been around stars that have come from other teams, you know, like Carmelo and, and some of these other guys. So they, they know, you know, what the expectation is here. And it just seems like we're still very much on the learning side where it's like, you know, Hey man, if you can drop this class and maybe think about taking it down a grade or something, I don't know, maybe go, go that route. But um, yeah. And really you look at coaching and if you were to break it down into three different areas, it's, you know, I, I would, I would say scheme, I would say execution of said scheme, which, is largely on the players, but you're, you're there to make sure they're executing as well. And then just kind of that energy or buy-in. Um, and really, if you looked at those three things, scheme, offensively, we're, you know, you change things up from an offense that year over year has been very effective. They've taken a step back. Granted, Lillard has too. There's some noise in that, but mm-hmm. it hasn't been aesthetically pleasing either. No. Um, execution, I think – believe it was Jason Quick, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was talking to Norman Powell mm. a week or two ago and just kind of said, hey, you know, do you guys know the plays? Basically, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, but we just need to run them a little better. It's yeah. like, well, you know, you can kind of see them where they don't feel t- totally comfortable with some of the sets they're running. And defensively, you see breakdowns constantly. So execution's lacking. And then the aforementioned energy discussion, we've kind of beat that to death. But if you really look at those three things, you'd at least hope that as a first-year head coach, he could be performing one of those correctly <laughs> i think two of those would be yeah. um, a definite a definite win all three you know you're one of the better coaches in the league probably but 
the fact that really none of those are coming through has been a disappointment. No, that's a, that's a really good way to, you know, separate this and really evaluate it across the board. Because like you said, if you're hitting on two of those three things, you, you're already in that Steve Kerr discussion. I mean, if you're hitting all three, you're definitely in the Steve Kerr discussions. Or, I mean, two or three, I would say you're in the Nick Nurse area. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's still early. It has still been a lot of crazy is, start to the year. I mean, I'm trying not to just bash the living hell out of this guy, but, like, it hasn't looked pretty. And that kind of just brings me to this this next idea where I'm really – I haven't done it in a couple of years, believe it or not, after being the draft guy, but I'm really pivoting towards this team bottoming out a little bit right now might not be the worst thing in the world. And yes, oh, yes, yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> tanking. And I, I think a team with, with Damian Lillard, it's really hard to, to do that. But with his injury that yes, he's gotten the shot. Yes. He has played, um, but it's definitely one where we've heard it on broadcast. We've heard it discussed where it is a, an injury that is going to require surgery. So if you ever had a built-in out, it would be preserve the first round pick, get Damian Lillard into surgery as soon as possible and, and get this thing started. So that way you can hit the ground running next season. And, and really he's, you can play him up till the all-star break. He can get the all-star game vote, get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you move on because right now, when you're looking at the standings, the Blazers are out of the playing picture right now. I mean, they're only a game behind the San Antonio Spurs, but in the Western conference, they're only three games ahead of the last place Houston Rockets. Um, so four teams, four teams below them in the Western conference. And if you're looking in the Eastern conference league as, as a whole, there's only two teams in the Eastern Conference that have worse records than them. And you start to just add it up to where, you know, you keep, you maintain your first round pick at this point. And I know it's hard. And I know there's people who don't really follow the draft who go, you know, every draft is good. Every draft is, you know, whatever. It's a crapshoot. There's, a, but this draft, I will say this, it might not have like the highest tier or biggest top tier that we've ever seen or it might not have that clear cut number one guy but what it does have is four or five guys that absolutely fit a need for this team guys with size guys that have multiple skills in multiple areas that can play positionless basketball that could really help this team and if Damian Lillard is truly committed to what he's been saying I mean, it could really benefit this team going forward. And I I don't know. I, I know I, I'm trying to sell something a little crazy right now, but Brian, what do you what do you think? Talk me back down because I've had a little too much time alone, apparently. <laughs> I'm actually really surprised you took that route because that was my route. <laughs> so I was ready for you to talk me down. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been very anti, like I think you have to go for it while Dame's on the roster, but with where the with where the he is physically, where the team's record is, kind of the craziness of this year, let's just tank. Mm-hmm. We owe that. And the, and the thing is, is like, how do you really, how do you really improve this team with that pick going to the Rockets? Mm-hmm. If it's you know it's lottery protected, so you have that kind of lingering over your head. You have CJ who's getting paid thirty million dollars, and he's an undersized shooting guard who's also banged up. 
And it's just, I don't see another avenue to really improve this roster other than probably getting what you can for Nurk and Covington, trying to trade CJ, or if you get that high pick, you package that pick with CJ's contract to try to get somebody back. I think even if you, you know, are in the, are on the side of the fence where you say, well, you know, a rookie isn't going to help, isn't going to improve this team enough to have Dame stick around or, or really support him in his prime. Well, that's fine. Package it with one of these contracts and get somebody who can. And so you hit the point where the timing's perfect with Dame's surgery. I just think he should get it just for the rest of his career sake. Um, there, there probably isn't a better time than now. And, you know, this team's so bereft of assets that so go get one. Mm -hmm. And uh, get your star player healthy and kind of pull the Golden State. Um, you know, they had some different reasons there, right? Yeah. But Golden State did a kind of a rebuild on the fly. I don't know which, like, yeah, gap year, basically. Yeah, a, a self-imposed thing. And I mean, and, yeah, and you're talking yeah. about a Golden State Warriors team now. Yes, they still have three superstars on that team. But, you know, you have Steph Curry healthy. You have Draymond Green healthy. You're about, you have Clay Thompson coming back. Um Top, top of a Western conference and a lot of young assets. And when I talk about going and getting somebody in the draft, it means you're, you're getting that player potentially if he really fits or you're getting a very valuable asset where you can finally pull the trigger on that trade. And, mm -hmm. and I just, and I know people who know me are thinking, you know, it's all Chet Holmgren all the time, but I would be, uh, I mean, Paulo Bonchero, being a Seattle guy, yeah, being yeah, we we had a discussion about pronunciation of his last name, but he's he's a guy who I got to see when he was probably 16, 15, uh, playing uh, up in Seattle at the the crossover league, Jamal Crawford's open gym up there in the summer. Um, Seattle guy, this is the Church of Roy. I mean, why not? Let, this could be the savior. <laughs> this could be the the silver bullet for this team. Um, there's a lot of guys with a lot of talent at this draft with a lot of length. Um, Chet Holmgren is obviously one of them. Um, I mean, why not? Why not get into the discussion? Because it's certainly going to be more exciting than where, where this thing is trended. Because I think even mm -hmm. if things break fairly right for this team, I think it's – I don't know. It's one of those ones where they might be playing for a home court advantage in your best case scenario. Like that's, you're talking about a crazy rally, but like at this point you're going to be mm -hmm. trying to like just cement yourself into a good position for the play. And I mean, I know that like I was yeah. talking about the dip, the gap between bottom to the top is very slim. I mean, it's also in all honesty and all fairness, it's not too much of a separation for them to get into the discussion, to get back into you know, getting out of the playing game. I mean, they're only three games back from the Nuggets who are out of the playing conversation right now. But this team just doesn't really feel like it, it's got that push in it like it normally does. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that's kind of lulling us to sleep with this team as we've been here before. And we've seen them be, you know, struggle out of the gate and then somehow rally behind this. I just don't get that vibe. And that really comes down to that injury for Damian Lillard where – I, I don't know what it's going to look like. And, and obviously there's surgery needed. And also you have Yusuf Nurkic, his future. I think there is a, whether or not, I don't think it's going to be CJ McCollum, but I think there is a big trade um, that's going to happen with this team. And, and when I say big, 
I mean, it, it's going to cause some roster turnover. You're going to see some of these one-year mm-hmm. contract guys go out, Robert Covington's, Yusuf Nurkic's. Um, so I just, I don't know. I think this is finally the year. This is, of course, I've talked about tanking privately for the last, you know, three to five years when this team struggles like this. <laughs> but, but I thought you were going to say days. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I, I mean, I'm always one who who's willing to have the tanking conversation. Um, but now I really feel like comfortable talking about it. Um, and really, I think there, there's a reasonable case to be made that, you know, now's kind of the time to do it. And, and really they might be able to do it without even trying. Like that's the, that's the kind of the sad <laughs> part about this team is I think there was some hope when all this COVID stuff was going on that the Blazers were somehow going to dodge all of this and be able to, to, you know, make up some games here. But with this variant, with how this is spreading around the league, it's clear they're not going to be able to to do that. So it's uh, it kind of recalibrated my uh, my expectation on it. Hey guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and super easy to use. You can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. You can even talk to insiders, athletes, and even executives in real time. All you got to do is download the free Spotify Greenroom app on your app store. And the Church of Roy will be there every Saturday, bright and early at 8 a.m. Pacific. Yeah, and just to kind of piggyback on your point about the hot start, or, you know, the slow starts in the past, the fast and furious finish at the end, going to playoffs with some momentum and, you know, we, we've all felt that, but this does feel different. Expectations are different with some of the stuff around Lillard last summer. The clock is ticking in this team, you know, even with the coaching change and some roster changes, I think it's taking a step back and you have a, just kind of this cloud over the franchise right now. And they're a really bad team. Like, yeah. let's put it, right, right now, they're just a really bad team. I mean, some of those losses, just like, what the hell are we even doing here, you know? Yeah. But the net rating that's six worst in the league, and, you know, the fact that Golden State did this and it worked, it's like, it's not unprecedented. NBA seasons are long, coming off the bubble too. I mean, not, granted, it's a couple years ago, but I just think that I know that Dame is going to want to sit there and say, let's keep fighting. You know, there's no quit in this roster. I think that the organization needs to save Dame from himself because his loyalty has frankly cost him in the past, I believe, from what is available to us, right? Mm-hmm. And his loyalty to both Neil uh, maybe Terry, which you could debate whether Terry should still be around, obviously. But I think this is just a perfect time to shut him down and, re- and really fix that lingering injury, uh, set himself up for a good back half of his career and set the team up for to, you know, get a feel well, a better roster. Well, and it's it's so the I mean, when you say better roster, I mean, it's so the back half of his career is meaningful. It's not just one of exactly. those ones where he's on a, you know, this huge albatross contract and his skills are declining. I mean, how nice would it be to bookend his career with he started and rose to where he was with his own skills, his self-determination and what he put into this game, but also playing alongside a all NBA power forward. And and that really helped him cut his teeth in the playoffs and and learn a lot about the NBA. Why not bookend his career with getting another guy that could potentially reach that LaMarcus Aldridge level? 
And I think there are guys at the top of this draft that can do that and go and get one of those guys and put them next to them and and then pass the torch. Like how perfect would that be when you're talking about story arc of this team to, to bookend this, like it would be absolutely, I think beneficial to the team. Now, granted, like you said, it's not fun, but it's a short season. Like we're already kind of there. This team's already painful to watch on most nights. Like, let's just pull the Band-Aid off. Let's see. Let's get weird. Let's see what. Let's see what Greg Brown can do. Let's see if CJ Ellaby's a real NBA player. Like, let's just, you know, one of you know one of the many names that I listed off. Let's sign some <laughs> yeah. of those guys. I don't. I mean, let's let's just roll with it. I you know, but you know, it's you know another thing too with the coaching staff being a head coach in the NBA has to be pretty fucking hard. Oh, yeah. I will give Chauncey this. Yep. And so to do this, you know, you're probably not going to jump right in and kill it. You know, yep. it's not like you can really prepare yourself for this. This is also a chance for this coaching staff who, you know, Chauncey has a five-year deal. Mm-hmm. So he's around for a while. This is a chance for him to try some things, get his legs under him too. So hopefully he can come back next year as an improved head coach mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw it where it didn't really play out great long-term, but we saw guys like Kevin Atkinson um, with the Nets kind of get, he was a good coach. Um, is it Kenny Atkinson? Sorry. He's been, you know, you're out of the league for one year. I forget your first name, but anyway, um, <laughs> you know, he kind of got a pass with those really bad Nets teams. And then he did get more of a chance when they were good. I mean, eventually they do part ways, but yeah, like you said, you can, you can kind of, when you lower the expectation, I think, especially with a team early in its tenure, coaching staff early in its tenure, you, you do extend that clock for them. You do relieve some of that pressure. Um, mm-hmm. You do feel for a guy like Joe Cronin, which, you know, if he does make him like, it, it's hard to make a move that is potentially more beneficial two years from now, three years from now, um, instead of, you know, when he's probably going to get evaluated for his position in, in a year. True. So, um, what kind of moves he makes is going to be very interesting, but I, the general and general environment of the NBA too, with COVID going on, I'm very curious to see how that impacts the trade market, because I think a lot of these GMs right now are probably just trying to keep warm bodies on the bench so they can play games. Yep. I don't know if you're having the early trade discussions like you might most years. So, well, let's just, I mean, shout out, know, shout out Joe Cronin going and getting Jaron Cumberland MVP of the G league summer league. Like, I mean, you got to imagine hey. when ev- all these teams are going crazy to get G League guys to come and play, to go and get the guy who j- played better than everybody else in a showcase that went on just a few weeks ago, like tip of the cap there. I mean, you're, you're doing your doing your homework. I mean, obviously, I don't think Cumberland's a long-term piece for this team, but like, you know, we got our foot in the door, hey. so... I'm a little uh, bummed out that we weren't on different sides of that debate, frankly. but <laughs> I should have known. I mean, usually I'm like the anti-tank guy, like, you know, keep yourself in the mix, hope a piece breaks right. Yeah. And I'm not advocating to trade Lillard or anything no. like that. It's just kind of the gap here. It's just punting on this season, essentially, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe just changing your, changing your goals for the year. Yep. But I kind of wanted to, I guess it's maybe not as a controversial. Well, maybe, you takes, know, a five game winning streak could put us on opposite sides of this conversation so you know to be continued um i i I would love if they proved (laughs) if they can if they can piss me off with a five game winning streak i'll take yeah yeah so let's see a couple odds and ends before we get out of here um 
Brandon Roy making an appearance in a promo yes. for the Trailblazers. Um, they did a little song about Damian Lillard's, you know, uh, all-star candidacy. Um, and Brandon Roy gets in there at the end. This will be a seventh all-star game. If Damian Lillard makes it, obviously number seven is a number near and dear to our hearts. And obviously Brandon Roy, mm-hmm. um, cool to see Brandon Roy. Um, maybe this is a sign that we have a little bit of regime change, and maybe it's time for Brandon Roy to come home and, and have that, you know, that homecoming we've all kind of been hoping for and hoping would eventually happen. Man, it gave me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second. This is a, mm-hmm. you know, seeing Brandon Roy as something affiliated with the franchise is just really cool. Mm-hmm. It's not something we've got to enjoy. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it was nice. Yep. It was very nice. And then a little bit of a sad, sadder news uh, before we went into record today. Um, John Madden, it was uh, it, the news broke that he had passed away. Um, obviously, this is a basketball podcast, but I, I think I speak both for for myself and Brian as far as what the, the Madden video games did uh, and the vision he had early on with that and how it was marketed and, you know, his fingerprints on that that played into my fandom across all sports um how i interact with the league how i pay attention to rosters how i watch the game um so kind of kind of an end of an era i mean he had been out of the public spotlight for the last few years now but um great john madden passing on uh going going to catch up with some of his former raider uh players and coaching staff is what it sounds like Hell of a legacy for that guy, though. Yeah. You know, very cool life. Yeah. Just Hall of Fame coach and one of the best announcers of all time, then has that name tattooed on one of the <laughs> yeah. one of the better uh or you know, most historic video games, sports video games out there and kind of a mm-hmm. game breaking deal. So good for him. So real quick before we get out of here, um, actually go as long as you want, but um we got to hear me go on and on yesterday about the stories that kind of define 2021 for me. I want to give you the opportunity to throw something else in there or maybe add to, to a point I covered or, or when you look back, I think, you know, four or five years, what are you going to remember about this season or this year? Not necessarily season. Well, don't expect me to go for 40 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'll give you about 40 seconds. Um, You know, the main thing for me was just, Portland going into those playoffs last year as a, as a six seed, a little momentum against a team that was missing their second best player with the Nuggets, Jamal Murray. Um, I was at that game when when Dame just went off and had, I can't even remember off the top of my head, but um, game five, I believe. Yep. And <clears throat> basically everything that's happened since that, that game mm-hmm. has just been dog shit. Like yeah. just, it's just been a really, bad stretch of you know whether it's obviously that on the court they they ended up losing that series to then you move into the Stotts and Billups and O'Shea and the investigations and just you know and his canter now going on Fox News there's just been all this bad stuff happening ever since since, uh, you know (laughs) I didn't even have canter on Fox News on my radar like I had blocked that out of my mind oh oh, but like but like you know what I mean it's just Ever since that game, like how deflated I felt, I, I had no idea that it would be, unfortunately, an omen of 
of things to come. It's been kind of a dark year as a, as a Blazers fan, and especially with this season not getting off the right way. But there's still time to do the right thing and tank <laughs> or, or whatever they decide to do or win some games. Just do one or the other. And very well, either way. But for me, I'll always remember, you know, looking back on 2021, it's kind of that bridge to, um, you know, it was the end of one era and, and knowing how I felt in that stadium and how bad that sucked mm-hmm. to now where we are, you know, going into 2022 with kind of a team still in limbo and wondering. It's really, it's been a lot of inflection points, you know, usually that's only one. There's been multiple yep. in this since the last last season ended in 2021 so for me that's kind of the the wrap up yeah been been one of the rougher stretches as a blazer fan that i can remember frankly probably the roughest yeah i i will say i i got a rough like as far as rough memories go i hate that like they made a big deal of what are your famous favorite memories of the staples center and like all this stuff and like obviously like number one is going to be one that both made us cry um right but uh you know sometimes we see in sports like more so with football i think like you see a bad loss in football or i I think sometimes in baseball like your closer really blows it and you see that kind of cascade where it's like oh this type of loss is going to cost them a few games like this this is one that's going to create a funk and it's like I've never really remembered a loss, like you said, that that big Lillard game five in Denver. Not only did it carry over to poor play and like poor luck on the court, but like organizationally, it's just like you said, it's been a disaster in a lot of turns. And, and if not a disaster, just like not ideal at best. So like, yeah, but well, on that happy note, we do. Yeah. We do want to say another, hey, another another. uh <laughs> another upper for 10 to 10 to pot yeah uh to be honest we we were closing up a, a memorable 2021 for us as a podcast this is something that we we dreamed of doing and talked about doing for a long time before actually doing it um i, I believe this is at, we're in the 40 some episode range now um Dang. the support has been awesome and, and we're still growing we we see our numbers pick up every month um we really, truly appreciate it, and we appreciate the feedback we get. Please give us more uh, whenever you get a chance. Um, but we wanted to make a podcast we wanted to listen to, and I hope we're providing that. And I just want to say, as, as Christmas comes, as New Year's arrives, I want to say I am truly grateful for each and every one of you guys that download, listen to this show. Let us know how we're doing. I really, truly appreciate it. Um Brian, you got anything to say before we get out of here? Yeah, just echoing what you said, man. Um, the support's been amazing. It's been a lot of fun. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we, we've done this for years, and, and it's just fun to hop on. And I appreciate you, Steve, yeah. and uh, taking over and dropping 40 minutes solo pods <laughs> when, when I'm driving through snowstorms and shit. Yeah. So, you're the man. Yeah. No, appreciate no, you. I mean, like I said, I mean, this is, uh, I think when you get older, you move away from some of your friends and, and this is the farthest we've ever lived apart. This is the farthest we've gone without actually hanging out with each other in person. But I probably feel like we're, we're probably closer and a little bit better friends than we ever have been because of this. So um, I appreciate it, man. Uh, everybody be safe. If you're in the Portland area, the weather is still a little dicey. Take it from me. Uh, guy who crashes his car, <laughs> be careful out there. Um, ice is no joke. Uh, turn into the slide, pump your brakes. Um, 
don't don't uh, do anything too hasty but um that's it everybody be safe we'll talk to you guys uh in the new year happy new year thanks for listening to this episode of the church of roy podcast if you like what you've heard go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast you can follow us on twitter at church of roy pod and be sure to check out our live show on spotify green room every saturday bright and early at 8 a.m pacific Thank you.